Greetings, everybody, and welcome once again to the Cloud-Based Mayhem podcast. You've got Miles this week because Gavin is out in the Nevada desert as part of a massive search and rescue effort for a missing pilot. He'll be back in a couple of weeks and hopefully with a good story to tell. But in the meantime, to fill the gap, we're revisiting one of our most popular episodes ever, an interview with acro legend and XC hero Pal Tackett. Pal has been around the sport for a very long time, has been groundbreaking in developing some of the world's most astounding acro moves, has loads of good stories and a lot to teach us. So we hope that you'll enjoy it. Have a listen, learn something and stay safe, everybody. Thanks. Let's do it. Pal, so awesome. We've been trying to do this for a while, but I think you're the yeah. first person in the world that I've met that's actually busier than I am. So uh, thanks for <laughs> making the time. It's kind of funny that I understand you're in Indianapolis. Let's start with that. What are you doing, man? <laughs> exactly. you're, you're in the wrong part of the world. <laughs> uh, you might say that. I'm here for the Red Bull Aries for the final stop of the 2017 season. As you might know, I'm performing paramotor demos at uh, most of the stops since uh, a few years so that's the last one of the season and uh, but i'm only here for six days i you know what i i knew you did all these demos and you did the performing uh, performing but i thought it was uh, acro without a motor i didn't know so are you doing like full acro stuff but with a paramotor no not really you know most of these events uh, take place under quite uh, well, some of the most restricted airspaces in the world, close to some some pretty big airports, so the ceiling is quite low. And uh, I usually, basically, my my show time is ten minutes, so and that includes takeoff and landing. So there's no time to to climb out high for you know doing radical stuff. And I'm I'm usually just doing some basic aerobatics and pull a long streamer and use my smoke and do ground spirals, do food dragging. And, and you know, th these areas are quite large, so I have to do some some here, do some there, you know, visit the different spectator areas and uh, where the 10 minutes are gone pretty okay. quick. Okay. Well, the, for those... Um those who are listening, and I, I want to get into the more recent history stuff, because I know since the X-Alps, you've been extremely busy. And before we started recording here, you uh, you were telling me you've got some land down in Colombia, and you and your girlfriend are going down there. So we got a lot to talk about. But um, you know, for those who have had their head in a hole for the last 15 years, um, can you give us the, you know, the pal tackets like a resume you know you what you put down on on paper maybe hit some of the high points because you know to me at least your you know your your history is really acro but you're you know twice now you competed in the x alps but catch uh, catch everybody up that may not be familiar with your history okay well i'm 32 now and i started flying when i was 16 i come from hungary budapest so quite flatland country and uh somehow got into acro pretty quick and 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 put all my my efforts and motivation and money into progressing as as fast as possible just out of pure passion and uh well powered by this i i ended up competing in the world cups which i i won three times twice in solo and once in synchro and uh finished once second and i mean quite good results but then i 
I kind of pulled out from that uh, in 2011. But, you know, I was always as well a, a very passionate cross-country pilot, but, you know, you never really saw me on the top of some some uh, high-level podiums, which is because probably because I, I, I didn't really put so much time and effort into competing yet. But as you said, uh, I competed in the Red Bull X-Ups twice. Uh, most of most of the people probably don't even remember I did it in 2009 and finished eighth and um, and did it again with you this, this year. And uh, well, uh, I invented some of the 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 latest. Well, it's not really latest anymore because because since then uh, a lot of new new school stuff came in in aerobatics. But but basically, I invented the foundation of nowadays new school acro flying, which was um, some some new connections, some basically a new style. Of performing certain things and and the uh, Esfera, Cork and Joker and Cowboy and Booster and and, and this kind of stuff and uh, with Gabor Casey we did the uh, Infinity Tumbling in tandem in in 2010 which was quite a feat and uh, what else I also did which nobody knows because it never actually got published it's one of those projects that kind of uh, disappeared in in the archives uh, but I have a, a Guinness World Record in uh, Tandem Infinity Tumbling which happened in 2014 I think in Argentina um, did you go out of a balloon for that Oh, from a helicopter. Ah. <laughs> Tandem. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Your passenger must have been thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it, you do that or did you? Did it, was, you... it was a she. She. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and how did you guys exit the heli? Did you debag? Yeah, yeah. We debagged. Okay. Wow. Um, that must have been exciting. <laughs> it was with Squash Falcon. She's uh, oh, yeah. a British. Uh, you, you probably heard of her. Yeah, she she covered. Uh, she did a nice story for Sidetracked uh, with me on the the last X Alps in 2015. Ah, but, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, she's fun. Oh, wow, that's amazing. So, how many did you get in the tandem record? Uh, officially 140. Oh, and uh, how did, did jumped, she vomit all over the place, from, or did she do okay? We, ah, she did great. She did awesome. I mean, after the landing, she had to lay down for half an hour, but. No, that's not uh, bad. Otherwise, she did awesome. Wow. Then, uh, anyway, I will, I will probably just publish the raw footage, so at least it's, uh, it's, it's, it's online in, in a way. And um, yeah, well, what, what I would like to mention as well is I'm the, the creator of JustAcro.com, which uh, is basically the, the largest uh, website about aerobatic paragliding it's uh, already 11 years old and uh, I'm quite part proud of it and I'm still working hard to to develop it it's just kind of tricky I mean there's a lot to do on the side but I, I'm still really motivated to to keep pushing this further and uh, despite 
that Facebook basically overtook um, all these community sites in a way, but but I still didn't give up hope. And uh, actually, it's quite popular still, and lots of videos, and and the forum is running. Yeah, of course, everybody follows it. I mean, it's interested in acro. Um, so 16 years. So j- just after 2000, you started flying. When did, yeah. you know, when did, so what was the catalyst to get into flying being from Hungary and Budapest, like you said, in the flatlands. And then when, <laughs> when did it become, you know, when did it, when were you like, wow, I could make this my job. And, and, and mm-hmm. when did Red Bull happen? So three questions mm-hmm. there, sorry, too many, but. I got into, I mean, this kind of crazy activities already before that like skateboarding and rollerblading and then somehow i got into caving so that was the first like real passion you know going down into caves and and do like like proper tours Mm. and uh, i did that for four years quite intense like i could say pretty much every week Um, and from there I got into paragliding, which is quite funny. So from, from going underground to go up and, and touch yeah. the clouds, like it's, <laughs> <laughs> subterranean uh, to overtrainian. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know yeah, what the yeah. other word is, <laughs> but so basically in Budapest where I grew up, there is this flying site pretty much just, uh, uh, on the board, on the, on the edge of the city. And you could time to time see people uh you know hanging up there like little mosquitoes and uh, that's how i started to to uh my attention turned to it and uh you know the internet was quite new thing but there was already some some videos and some information about it so um i did some research and then as well while while caving i i got to know some some of these guys pilots and uh, then I got into a course and I got hooked like instantly like most of us Hmm. and uh, then basically the way towards becoming professional was kind of unplanned and and, a natural progression basically I just wanted to fly as much as I could and 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 then I, I I finished school but luckily <laughs> i didn't actually get into uh, university because mm-hmm. um, my notes were not very good that time and uh, so i could not go through the but i couldn't enter without an additional exam and the exam was quite high level so i i didn't get it twice i wanted to i wanted to learn geography because that was the only thing that i could think of it, it the only thing that would you know interest yeah. me enough yeah yeah um and then basically you know <laughs> you know how it, how it works in our business so basically then you know i was young i was talented i was i was pushing and tried to learn as fast as possible and and people saw that and then you know things start started to happen you know i got cheaper gear and you know i bought my 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 first equipment already at, at a better price and then the next wing was even at a better price because the 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 dealer of, of of Hungary, you know, basically sp- sponsored me with a with a dealer price, which was awesome. And uh, and then you know, uh, we figured out quite quickly. I mean, I say we because it was 
basically Gabor and me and, and some other other youngsters, but especially Gabor and me we were pushing somewhat harder than the others towards this direction. And we figured out that, you know, well, if if we do this right, then then we actually don't have to spend so much on equipment and and we might even be able to, to travel or at least travel cheaper. And, uh, and this is how it started. And uh, luckily, this was this was quite, uh, I don't know, a natural progression towards getting our first sponsors and um, which actually happened through an event, <laughs> uh, a crazy little acro competition that uh, my friend organized in Hungary back in 2004 over ground. It was not really, well, it was a contest, but it was more like a, a meeting uh, where the very few acro pilots that, that were um, doing some acro, at least in Hungary, were basically meeting up and, and doing all their, their crazy stuff over ground from towing and uh we somehow we won that competition we both ended up being first somehow with the same um the same score and uh and that led to our first sponsor which was a, um, a hungarian like closing sponsor and red bull was the co-sponsor of this event with uh well basically nothing more than 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 a tent and and some mm-hmm. some cans uh but it's how they already kind of knew about us but it only came later as we were kind of you know kind of too shy and kind of not really trusting ourselves to actually go there and ask hey guys i mean to red bull hey do you want to sponsor us so we were just we knew it's too early so we were waiting for the right moment and waiting for the right way to approach them and um and this happened only a few years later actually it happened four years later in 2008 where we where we got our first contract and and obviously for that we we already had to lay down some some results in 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 international competitions and and there they could already see that you know this is this is getting serious and uh and well in 2007 i won the solo world cup already so it it was becoming quite serious so that's how they got in 2008 so, so pal the the and i might have this wrong correct me if i do but it, it seemed like for you there was this moment or time in your career and maybe and i definitely want to talk about your action in 2012 maybe that was it was because of that but um you know when when did it i i feel like anyway that your your career has really transitioned you know from really you know yeah. from the world cup scene and competitions <clears throat> and really pushing the acro and creating new tricks to you know, you're still really young, but I see you now as more kind of like the, like the Raul of the <laughs> sport, you know, where you're, you're, you know, you're, you're maybe judging more or you're more, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it seemed like you got, in some ways, it seemed like you got bored of it. Is that true or is, or yeah. no? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, it's the accident itself was uh, was was a very unfortunate thing but um what 
only my close friends know that at that at that time in that moment I already decided to to leave this lifestyle to to stop competing in that way uh, and actually you know winning again in 2011 because I really I had a desire to to repeat the the overall World Cup victory from 2007 uh, once more so basically in a way to prove myself that you know it was not just a one-time thing but I can repeat this if I wanted to which uh, which I did but but then I I wanted to leave it there and um, I didn't actually announce this publicly because I don't know I, for for whichever reason I did not but um, then came the accident and you know I guess it's quite obvious for for most people just just uh, looking at these events from one after the other and then seeing that you know I'm not coming back to compete and stuff so it's it probably everybody thought that uh, ah for sure you know he doesn't want to compete because he's whatever not good enough anymore or he's you know he's not the same old pal or whatever which is for sure I'm not the same old pal I mean how could you be after such an event but um, I mean my close friends all know that 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 was not the case so I, I already actually decided to quit like in the moment when I hold held the, the trophy in my hand basically in 2011 but, uh, yeah but uh, then came the accident and obviously I'm not going to publicly say, ah, you know, I decided to quit <laughs> like after the accident. I mean, that would be, that would be probably even worse, uh, worse option to communicate that. And uh, anyway, well, let's, let's I never, talk about I never, the... I never actually talked about this hmm. um, before or in any way publicly. So it's quite funny. And um, what, what was the other question? Ah, yeah. So, you are you are totally right. So uh, definitely, my uh, my career has changed. My 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 way of seeing things as well changed. I'll be all honest for sure. I'm I in a way not that crazy youngster anymore. And for sure, the accident was was more of a, a life changing experience that. Uh, you know, I had to question many things and 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 rethink many things, but it has nothing to do with with the fact that I stopped competing. It has way more to um, so basically, the lifestyle of of being a, a World Cup acro pilot is quite intense and it, it involves a lot of training and most of it. If you really wanna get good and stay good, the the training possibilities restrict themselves to a very, very few places in the world mm. where you got to spend like at least two months a year just training hardcore and, and keep pushing. And then, you know, the worst that with the current um, judging system and the current uh, competition, it's still, you know, not necessarily the best who's going to win, but sometimes, you know, it's the angle of the sun. Too much subjectivity. Good. Yeah, way yeah. too subjective. And, and, and it's just kind of very disappointing when, and you know, both ways, like it could be on your advantage or your disadvantage. I mean, sometimes I myself even got 
like higher points that I, I deserved. But then again, other times I got lower points than I deserve. So it's it's really, really difficult. I mean, I, I'm not judging those who, who actually do this truly, really difficult job, you know, giving points instantly, watching the maneuver and one after the other and then the landing. And, you know, there's there's a lot happening and and. And it's really hard. So, mm. so respect, any, respect. any sport that's judged is and, just really tricky, sport. you know, gymnastics, yeah. ice skating, and you name it. It's, yeah. it's just tough. You know, there's so, always going to be people that like it and don't. That's tricky. Exactly. Exactly. And then there comes, you know, on the other side, if you go cross country flying, it's like, it's this is super objective. You, you have your GPS track, you, you, they download your track log and that's your performance. There is no, yeah. <laughs> there's no way, you know, to, to cheat, cheat or to change. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously it's again, a very complicated calculation, how the results come out, but the best guy is going to win. Like, yeah. yeah. So be before we, before we jump into XC, I know there's, I know there's yep. people that, that, uh, you know, I, I need to ask you some questions about acro for those of those of the listeners yeah, yeah. that, that either want to get into it or into it. But I, I think we should talk about your accident. Um, what, what happened in Zermatt in, in 2012? Cause I, I the, yeah. other, the other thing is, you know, you, you just competed in the X Alps, which is kind of the epitome of, to me, at least yeah. in, in this sport, you know, not the acro side of things, but you know, that, that. It, you don't, you're not an unbold person <laughs> and, and, you know, to come back from that, you know, this wasn't a sprained ankle, this was a major accident. And, uh, you know, so I, I want, you know, unfortunately, you know, we participate in this sport that hurts a lot of people, a lot of people get hurt. And so I, you know, one of the main questions I get from our listeners is, is how to come back and, and they're and not the physical side, oh, yeah. it's the mental side. Um, so maybe kind of fold all that into your action. I think there's a lot of learning yeah. people could get from that <clears throat> sure um it was a speed riding accident and uh at, and i flew with six square meter which is now we know that it's too small yeah. so the top guys the very like super top guns the, the most hardcore pilots they even they don't fly a six I mean, maybe one meter bigger or two meter, but um, that's just too small and 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 too fast and um, and just super sensitive. But the problem was not actually that, but it just uh, long story short, it, it it didn't give me the amount of lift I actually needed that moment that moment because I was not fast enough because I I just made like three flights with it that was maybe the fourth and. Uh, and I didn't have the lift to, to jump a cliff. And I basically crashed with the rocks just before the edge of the cliff. And that, you know, made me lose the balance. And probably just by losing the balance, the, the wing basically just went out of position. And, uh, and then I fell. And then, I mean, I remember everything. But the thing is, the glider just somehow disappeared. I, I can't exactly explain why or what happened probably it collapsed and and but the thing is that i basically free fall down and that when i say i free fall down i know i free fall down because i do base jumping and i know that you know how that feels accelerating from 
like close like zero, you know, going into the free fall. And uh, that was that was it. That was exactly it. Basically, the the sound of acceleration, that wind speed. Uh, that was exactly the same when you jump over cliff. So, and that was that was pretty scary. And and uh, I can't be really sure, but I think it was probably like a twenty meter fall. I would imagine because I mean it was quite a long fall, and uh, and when I look back to the cliff, it it looked quite high too, but I couldn't see the the exact proportions from you- from down. Were you already hurt from hitting the end of it before you went off? Do you remember or no? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe, but but definitely not seriously. So um, the serious injuries came from creating a huge crater in the snow, which I was lucky enough to hit with my butt first somehow. And um, But that's that basically compressed my vertebras a couple and uh and on the way i broke my 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 um my leg in an open fracture um and well i basically bruised like i bruised all my body like crazy you know i basically not at that moment but but um i i didn't feel much that moment because obviously adrenaline was taking over but uh but when i woke up from coma two weeks later then i mean i could still feel like pain everywhere all my ribs and my what do you say the bottom of your butt yeah yes and um well the the worst thing of the whole thing is that I also suffered a head concussion and uh, that actually led to the next day and to, led to an increasing pressure in my skull, my skull, school, which uh, for, for, for that reason, they actually put me into artificial coma to basically shut my body down and put it into standby. And um, luckily, uh, they managed to to handle this through medication only, but <clears throat> but during the artificially induced coma, I also got the lung infection, which is it's then becoming a really life threatening situation. So your your body is already in a in in a in a shock mm. from all the multiple injuries plus the head concussion with that extra pressure plus you know you are in a coma plus you have a lung infection so that was that was really uh, a dangerous combination and uh, well thank god i i somehow woke up uh, and it's insane but i woke up on my on my birthday so basically i they after a while when 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 they saw that I actually start to do, start to do better, so they they took away the medication to try to wake me up, but I didn't come back. Like I opened my eyes, but I was not there. You know, it was like a and 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 that was where where it started to become really scary for for my beloved ones because mm. they the 
they thought you may be brain dead or the doctors then that well no 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 but but at that moment the doctors like didn't know anymore you know mm. what's gonna happen so it could be that they they couldn't say anything you know if 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 i'm you know i may wake up tomorrow or come back next week or come back in a month or or never Ooh, geez. and uh so and then again the longer you stay in coma you know the more damage you're probably sure. gonna suffer the more uh skills you're gonna lose and so basically they told my family you know well you know we can't be sure when when i when i wake up if I wake up as a as a two years old, mm. like, or I can't speak anymore, or I can't do this, so ah, uh, I can imagine. So I'm 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 really sorry for, especially my family and my girlfriend back then. She went through quite uh, difficult times, obviously as well. Mm. Uh, but somehow and and. And you know, <clears throat> it's crazy, but I, I kind of believe in these kind of things like um, uh, a higher power, which I I would never call God because in I don't believe in that stuff. But because I mean, what <laughs> God? God only. I mean, the, those different gods are only creating. Uh, death and war and suffering in 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 this society but uh if there is god it should be some different power like more i don't know universal or whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah, but uh actually. so anyway like many many people like probably hundreds or if not thousands of people were uh thinking of me and you know praying and not only praying in those conventional manners but in basically any any way so you know calling for the energy of the universe and and and, and all that stuff and and i i tend to believe that this could have been the reason why i i i returned this exactly on my birthday <laughs> Which, that is so cool. So basically, that that probably that day, that moment, so many people were were thinking of me and you know wishing that 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 I was there and back and 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 I lived. So I mean, it could be. <laughs> so I was I was pretty cool. That's amazing. Do you do you think there's? So I want to ask you about when you know, like coming back to flying, but. Um, do you think because you got hurt the way you did, you know, flying a six meter wing, I, I know this is impossible because you didn't get hurt flying, but it, it, do you think if you'd gotten hurt, like flying a normal paraglider, would it have been different coming back? It could be, could be, but I mean, there always should be a difference between, you know, getting hurt and getting hurt. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to think of a of a situation what would be if you know would be if if but um i don't know i i really don't know but for sure getting hurt with something you know you are not like you know necessarily on the top of the gaming hmm. like i i did some speed riding but 
I was not top of the game and I'm not really a good skier either. So I can somehow comprehend more why that happened. Obviously, if I, I know, let's, let's say, you know, Alejandro Rodriguez, the, the small brother of, of, of Felix and Raul died from doing a misty flip low over ground and then twisted up and entered a, a spiral and, you know, had no time to, to sort it out. So, and, you know, a misty flip was something he did like thousands of times, yeah. thousands of yeah. times. Can't mess and, it up. Yeah. And, okay, I know he, he did it with a glider. He was not, he didn't, knew it very much so again there is you know that point of okay that was probably the glider he didn't know he was probably not supposed to do that maneuver that low even though he did it thousands and thousands of times with another glider and 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 doing it low and stuff but but you can still kind of find a reason why why it happened hmm because of a different glider, because that different brake length, because that different behavior, that was something, something just a little bit different that, that made that, that small difference. Did you, was there, um, was there thoughts when you started kind of coming back and realized you were going to be okay? And, you know, obviously terrendously horrific rehab and stuff, you know, coming back from something like that, but it was there thoughts of was flying different for you. I mean, was there thoughts of man, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe your family or, or, or was it just a matter of kind of overcoming the accident and, and getting back to it as soon as you could? Yeah, actually I was, I was really motivated to get back flying and, and, and get back to get back doing everything I, I, I love to do. And, um, uh, Coming back flying. Actually, the first time I flew again was in Canada. You know, we met at the Pemberton Nationals, the Canadian Nationals. No, I wasn't I there. No, I, no, ah, I wasn't. Okay, sorry. Yeah. But just just before that, I actually did my first flight, and and then I did the comp, which was quite fun. Hmm. Um, was that was that still in two thousand twelve? Yes, okay. it was in August. It was August, in August 2012. Yep. So it was still, it was quite early. And um, I, that, that, that was, I was really happy. I was told to, to, to get back flying and, and it felt like the right thing to, to do. And it felt like the, the right time. But uh, actually in October, I had another accident. I, I didn't publicly communicate because it was just way too embarrassing for me and 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 the rehab from that accident even took longer than than the one from from Zermatt because it was uh, basically ripping my 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 kneecap into many pieces and uh, that took some time to to recover and it was ah oh man it was terrible I mean it was it was for me, it was way worse than, like emotionally and and motivation-wise, it was way way worse than than the big accident before because you know that that big thing happened and you know, you know I came out I I I survived I I didn't die. <laughs> that was that was a big thing 
and uh, and I was so I felt so blessed to, to to have another chance and oh man it was it was it was great and and then you know I I, I basically started to do everything I I really wanted to keep doing and um, and then I had a. Uh, a really bad landing, like wingsuit base jumping, and I basically like crashed into rocks with with some back wind, and 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 I broke my knee, Oof. pretty bad. And uh, well, that felt that felt like extremely stupid. That felt imagine just basically coming back from a from a life threatening accident, and then and 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 after all the rehab and all the work and and. You know, while you know people questioned your mental abilities because uh, anyway, it was kind of communicated well, not very smart, I would say. So my accident, while I was in the coma, was not very well managed from um, the public point of view. That that basically. You know, I could be just a, a retard now because you know because I had a I had a I had a head injury. You know, I was I was in coma and 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 so on and so on. So it was not quite clear what actually comes out of all this. And uh, and uh, well, and then <laughs> and then I have another accident. So uh, that felt really stupid. Yeah. And uh, and especially the way back, the moti- to, to to get the motivation again to to come back from 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 an accident that's not life threatening, but in a way it takes even more effort to get back, like health wise, and takes even longer to to leave the crotches, to to be able to walk again, to be able to run again, to be able to bend your knees again, and you know like all that basic stuff so and and i guess that serious like first obviously the the big accident and then again this this stupid mistake that could have been like easily easily avoided uh i mean that was a, that was a big um drawback mm. do you do you find i I, you know, my first really big film project, I'd done tons and tons before that that were much smaller scale. But the first big one I did with, with Red Bull Media House was with Will Gadd on, on the the Rockies project in 2014. And, you know, he, he'd been a Red Bull athlete for so long um, and he'd done, you know, he called them rodeos. He'd done so many rodeos, you know, so many big film projects that um, he, one of the things he talked about, you know, really rammed home because he could see that I, you know, I, at that point I was still, you know, I hadn't, I'd only been flying, I think eight years and, and, uh, I was kind of known to take a lot of risk. And I think that was one of the reasons I was able to become a, you know, good pilot fast or faster because I, I, one, I'd put a lot of time into it, but I was also, you know, probably taking too much risk. Not probably I, I was, and, and, uh, and Will has, you know, a very, he's been at it so long that, and, and for the most part, pretty injury free, you know, like tweaking fingers and yeah. stuff, ice climbing, that kind of thing. But, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and he, he just kept saying over and over, you know, like, listen, it doesn't matter that we're making a film. Those guys can just film what they get. 
just you got to be a pilot and you got to be safe and it you know if you yeah. get hurt for the for the cameras that's just the stupidest thing in oh, the world yeah. and i yeah. know i'm not comparing your base accident to that but do you find that because of the profession and red bull and the sponsors do you does that does that pressure you does that is there is there a good and bad side of that for sure it has a good and bad side especially when you have a camera running it's 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 a huge i mean it's 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 a real safety factor it's 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 really bad for your health if you have a camera running <laughs> uh, i mean i mean nowadays nowadays it's 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 totally normal that everybody has a gopro and uh, and films everything and um it's a good thing because you can you know look back and analyze your your flight or whatever your tricks and 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 get better doing so but for sure there's a you know with facebook and youtube and 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 all this stuff going on there's a huge push of you know having to bring out something more spectacular more hardcore closer faster better and so on and uh, for sure this is definitely a, a, a big source of of accidents just because people overdo things uh in my case in in both of the cases it was um, i don't feel like it it played a a, a big factor um I actually had cameras running in both cases, but in the in the first case in Zermatt, I lost the camera in the crash. Um, in the second case, I have it filmed. It's it's, but it's just a big embarrassment because, um, you know, I could have done much better. I could have avoided that. Mm. Um, but I mean, you can't blame the sponsors themselves because the sponsors actually, you know, are a good thing. And um, I would say, you know, many people ask me this, but I never felt like being pushed by Red Bull to do things that are too dangerous. Like if it was too dangerous, then I told them, look, this is this. I, I, I will not do this. It's too risky for me or there's just too much uncertainty or for whatever reason, you know, I don't feel good about it. And they say, say OK, OK, you know, they don't. They, yeah, they, they never want that. you. Yeah. No, they don't push that. They are not stupid. They don't want to push you into an accident. It's not good for anybody. Right. Sure. And, uh, and they very rarely come up with ideas. Hey, you know, we, we figured out, you know, you could do this or that. And I mean, especially not in paragliding because they don't usually they don't know. They don't have so much knowledge to actually know, sure. you know, if you can do certain things or not. But Obviously, they came up with some ideas that those were usually uh, not necessarily doable or just too complicated or you know, maybe too much risk. But, but you can always say no. And uh, the other thing is, I think probably like another typical situation where it's it's hard to say no is, you know, having a show when, you know, you know, there are like thousands maybe even ten thousands of people waiting to see your performance and you know you really want to perform you 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 have that motivation from you know, just energy 
from inside, you know, you want to do that because you want to, you know, it's not about showing off. It's more like, you know, showing, well, obviously your skills, your performance, and obviously in a way kind of showing off, but, but basically you want to impress the people. You want to show them, you know, what you can do the best and, um, everybody has to know uh, his limits and, and especially the limits of, you know, the wind or turbulences or whatever. And, um, but well many many accidents happen during like show flying or sure. or competitions competitions because people just keep just tend to push just a little too much and uh, it happens pal in the last usually this is a question i ask right at the end and we're not at the end i got a lot more stuff i want to go over with you but uh, you know your two accidents in 2012 um you know looking back from when you started to fly in, in 16, I, I like to ask this question, like, you know, what would you say, you know, imagine you're a 50 hour pilot, you know, imagine you're back at that first year. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what, what advice did you maybe get and didn't follow or what advice do you wish you would have gotten? In other words, what would you have changed? You know, it, it, when you look back at your flying career, what would you like to impress on people that are sure. maybe just getting into the sport or maybe dealing, you know, kind of locked into intermediate syndrome, you know? Well, it's a good question. I think I, I can't really say I would have changed something because basically I was just following my my instincts and following my passion and and it took me down this road and uh, it was obvious that I mean accidents can happen and probably will happen which I mean I, I had two uh, two accidents earlier uh, breaking first like quite low airtime pilot I, I broke my arm like stupid like super typical hmm. beginner mistake small landing place i misjudged i you know power lines came i stalled out so quite typical stuff and then and then i broke my ankle from a ground spiral over high grass uh i knew these things can happen and and i mean i took this in consideration but i really I had this 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 crazy motivation to you know learn more and keep progressing and 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 just do more and more and more and um, that was kind of natural for me and and uh, I just I just did everything I I had to do to to feed this this these needs and you know this is different for everybody I mean some some older gentlemen might be just super happy to you know glide down in 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 calm air and then you know drink a few beers and 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 talk about it a few hours and still be really happy about what they experienced and 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 be totally satisfied and this is i mean in a way different for everybody and i think the most important thing is just that everybody you know, finds what's his thing and what makes him happy. And, and, and it's, I mean, not everybody needs to, to get into competitions and, and fly hundred K cross country or, or do acro or do whatever. It's uh it's, it's, it's a personal, 
preference, who who uh, wants to progress more, who is happy with with you know just gliding down or or soaring on the beach. Um, and this is really beautiful about paragliding that you have so many different styles of flying, so many different you know ways to to enjoy. Yeah. But but for for those guys who you know are happy about you know just gliding down and basically do those very they consider safe activities that's probably i mean they are probably in way bigger danger than the guys who are pushing like hell because those who are pushing hard they they, they progress to to a higher level and they um have a higher routine they are you know even though i believe even though they are flying more and they you know that's a good they point. Might, They're training. Might risk, might risk more, but they are much more in training, and so they can uh, avoid those dangerous situations, or they know what to do when they get into one. And 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 the low low airtime pilots, even though they feel like ah, you know, I only fly the weekend or you know just a few times in a year or so, but they are actually the ones being in 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 danger because because. Well, we we talked low, about that on a, uh, a a recent show. I was reflecting on that after the X Alps. That I think a lot of people, you know, see see the 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 people competing that as really daredevils and you know and taking really huge risk. Yeah. And wow, and, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You're right. But I but at the same time, I feel like you know I think there's a lot of pressure on the weekend pilots because you know maybe they only have one day one day or two days a week and. The forecast isn't as good, but they, you know, they try to fit it into something that's that's not right. You know, they try to make the day work on a day that's above their oh, ability, yeah, and exactly. you know, and and you don't exactly. you don't have the flexibility. I think you know when you're a full time pilot or you really have a lot of time, you don't have the flexibility to just walk away as easily. I think there's a lot. I oh, think exactly. In some ways, there's exactly. more pressure and, on them. And uh, and again, they don't have the routine as well to say no because yeah. they just they are there to fly and they they want to fly because it's the only time of the week they can and. Well, that's when shit hits the fan. Yeah. And but as well, they, you know, I believe those guys. I mean, it's okay, you know. Nobody, not everybody, has the privilege like us to, to, to leave out of flying and and to to leave for flying in a way. And uh, but people have to realize that there is there is a lot to to learn and practice, even without actually going to fly. So I think. Those who who don't have the time to go flying, but still, I'm sure that most of the people would have the possibility, even after work, even you know if mountains are not close by, but even just go out to a field and do ground handling because that's, in my opinion, that's uh, that's a very very key practice and the very base of of glider control and you can learn flying without actually you know getting airborne and being in in safety on the ground obviously accidents can happen there too if you if if you if you go on the limits in higher winds but but this is this this will actually teach you active flying on the ground and um this is as well something i will uh express 
in in my upcoming uh, instructional video that uh, you know there is a lot to learn through ground handling and people really extremely extremely underestimate this and and you know it's it's i think it's really really bad that um nowadays the practices well the schools obviously yeah get, get you certified as many get you through the school get you the rating yeah, yeah exactly so now so now uh instead of teaching the basics in the basic course <laughs> which is for me like grunt handling so in especially in the alps where you don't necessarily need a reverse launch uh, for taking off because as soon as you have, have that amount of wind on launch that you could reverse launch it's, it might already not be the beginner yeah. uh, conditions to fly because you either have strong thermal or you have fern or just you know front coming in and strong wind on takeoff so you should not be flying anyway but but i mean that's that's just terrible terrible thing that that you know basically the ground handling became a different product ground handling course became another product they are selling like some kind of advanced technique mm. for you know mm. like bullshit yeah so, i agree 100 percent and yeah. uh <laughs> that this is it, what's really cool bad. is it's uh I, I i hope we're changing the tide a little bit with that just with this podcast you'd be amazed how often ground we actually did a whole podcast on ground handling but the uh you know the it's it's cool that the top pilots, but especially the acro guys, of course, because you guys are just dance with your wings on the ground. Have, have really rammed that home, and so hopefully we're. Yeah, but uh, anybody can do that. Everybody should do that. Everybody it's, should it's, do that. Absolutely. Everybody should do that. Even the old guys. Obviously, you don't have to be like jumping and and whatever. You know, there's there's a lot a lot to learn ground tending. I have my still a lot to learn ground handling because. You know, I'm not the best at it. I'm. It's okay. I, I'm safe enough for for most wind conditions to take off. Basically, most places. But uh, yeah. Anyways, it's, yeah. it's a difference. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you glad you bring that up. Okay, we're gonna transition to cross country here in a sec. But for the for those that want to learn um, acro, uh, where, what are the, I saw a really cool post the other day by Theo LeBlick about, you know, the recommending that, um, uh, you know, if you're getting started in acro, you should start on a really nice B, you know, don't, don't get a freestyle wing, oh, don't yeah. get an acro wing. So oh, yeah. talk about, talk about, you know, what, what should people be, you know, where should they go? What should they do? Um, maybe maybe talk a little bit about SIV as well, and then we're then we'll transition to cross yeah. country. Okay, so then um, I take the opportunity to do some advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. So uh, well, it's um, it's uh, the biggest biggest ever project of mine uh, that took, or it's still taking like three years since the beginning and it's still not finished due to um, basically problems with the personnel I've been working with uh, and because it's a huge project so it's ending up being four hours long and um, it's gonna be called Master Acro and uh, 
it's uh, well, it's about learning acro, especially the basics from from spiral dive to asymmetric sat and helicopter. And uh, I'm glad you brought this up with Theo. And I I didn't read this, but I'm really glad that that, that Theo told the same thing because that's exactly what I will be communicating through these videos. It's because people went way off course. People, I mean, thanks to the paragliding industry starting to produce and, and, and market acro products and freestyle products. So now the newcomers think that, you know, to learn acro, they need at least a freestyle wing, if not an acro wing. And, uh, this is obviously the biggest mistake they, they, they ever going to make in their flying career because so, and, and it's so common. It's just so common these days that, that youngsters, uh, you know, people basically after like one year of, of, of making their basic course and they, they end up buying whatever secondhand acro wing online because because that's what they see. That's what they see in all the videos. Everybody's only flying with acro wings. You know, there is nobody or just, I mean, you, you can't barely see any videos where, where people do like more than just the full store, more than just the wing over with, with, with some kind of certified and, and, uh, and, and regular gliders. And, uh, that's, that's, that's horrible. So, and and back in the days when when I started to fly acro, uh, I I was lucky enough to get my hands on an Aerodyne Dune, which was a DHV2. So nowadays, well, probably E and B or C, probably a low end C uh, wing, and it was great, man. It was it was actually sold as a freestyler, but it was it was not. It still had the performance. I flew cross country with it. I flew like even back then with my low airtime experience. I, f I flew like a couple of hundred K flights, 140 K over the flatlands of Hungary. And, and at the same time, you know, I learned a lot of things, basically everything, everything up to like helico to helico and tumbling and basically everything except Rhythmic set and infinity, because that that couldn't do. This glider didn't do rhythmic set. But imagine then changing to an acro wing or freestyle wing, having all that knowledge already, knowing how those maneuvers go and and work, and 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 having the routine of performing it at least on that kind of serial glider, which is slower, mm. safer. The uh, the brake travels are longer. It doesn't shoot like a motherfucker, and and you know it still has the dynamic. It still has the the potential to perform those maneuvers. And then you just have to, I mean, just adapt all your skills to to a different glider, which is obviously it's gonna be again. You have to relearn things, but then you're gonna relearn things again from the basics and then build it up from there. And um, so, uh, and this is how I'm, uh, this is why in, in the master acro videos, I fly, uh, an Ozone Rush 4 in 
95% of the cases. Basically, I do all, I do everything with the Rush 4, which is a high-end B, three-liner with a shark nose, and, you know, it's kind of a, a modern, nice, you know, cutting-edge high-end B glider. And, and to prove the paragliding word that you don't need a fucking freestyler, you don't need a, an acro wing, because all you're going to do with that is twist up, fall into the canopy, and, you know, make shit. So <laughs> basically, basically, in my videos, in each video of, you know, presenting, so uh, spiral dive, uh, full stall wing over, asymmetric spiral, and then even looping and dynamic full stall and helicopter and, and asymmetric uh, sat. Uh, I'm I'm doing it all that with the with the rush four, and then only at the end of each section, I I just quickly mention you know the differences if you perform the same maneuver with an acro or freestyle glider. What differences can you expect? Because so I and I build it up this way because I want the people to understand that they have to learn everything possible with a, basically their, their, their normal wing, their regular wing. If, well, if they fly, obviously if they fly a, a high performance wing, like a C or D, then better with a B as Theo as well said, because you can learn so many things and people just, just ignore this fact. And uh, that's, 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 that's really, really bad for, for the safety of our sports. There's a, and, and there's this a is lot a, of crossover here, isn't there? Like I, I remember one, yeah. my, my like Bible when I was first learning how to fly in 2006 was, was Jockey Sanderson's performance free flying, you know, and, and, uh, and they, they have, they do some acro in that. And then he talks about, you know, the whole time in that whole series that he's on, I can't remember what the, what the wing was back then, but it was a B and, uh, yeah. and he talked about you know just how important it is to to you know you can do everything you can i i, I what i'm saying is is there's there's a this there's the same crossover in cross country that i think people really often mistake where they start thinking you know that oh i got to get that 100 my first 100k flight or my you know my oh, first yeah. x and so i, I gotta and get a, a wing with better performance and they move oh, up too yeah. fast and they Same and they thing. don't have the foundation you know they don't have the i mean that's that's a topic that comes up on this show a lot is 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 when to move oh, yeah. up and and my my answer is of course it's always independent for person to person but my my analogy is is kayaking you know like you don't you don't you really shouldn't go i spent a lot of time back in the day white wire kayaking and you know that oh, yeah. what we always talked about then was that you know you don't really go kayak class four until you're nailing every move in class three you know that you you can hit every eddy you can hit you can yeah. take, you can you can work the river you're working the river it's not the other way around you know and then you're ready yeah. for class four and then you're ready for class yeah. five but if you just go from yeah. three to six you're gonna die <laughs> oh for sure <laughs> you know yeah yeah they but but unfortunately we don't have these kind of well structured rules or well yeah guidelines and you just yeah i i there's a there's a real gap isn't there because it totally and it also really depends on where you learn you know is it is it the british is it the swiss is it the united states i mean everybody's yeah. it's a real scatter shot in terms of and like you said it depends on where you learn and some schools don't they don't really have a very good place to ground handle so you don't ground handle <laughs> that's just terrifying yeah. and and so, so let me, I mean, I'm happy to, 
I'm happy you brought this up and and let me point something out. So it's uh, I always have to laugh when people think about acro as being more dangerous than cross country flying. And that's really, really not true. And, and people who don't fly acro, they don't fucking understand that because they only see the crazy part of it. And, uh, and they don't understand that by controlling your glider perfectly in the three dimensional space in all, basically controlling your entire polar curve, which people, you know, just control it like 99% of the people can only fly their glider in the in the positive range of the polar curve which is from minimum speed to full speed mm. in best scenario from minimum speed to full speed but there is you can fly backwards you know you can do a tail slide a full stall you can and 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 I don't even want to go any further than just full stalls and wing overs and obviously spiral dive but 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 the full stalls and the wing overs are the two elementary and most important maneuvers that should be part of some kind of a, a basic course or mm. some kind of a, a basic license that people have to master, you know, before whatever getting their, their like certification or the second one or whatever advanced thing. Because most importantly, obviously the full stall is your only chance in some situations, your only chance to avoid throwing a reserve or avoid getting into an outer rotation or, you know, correct uh, a, a big collapse or uh, a cravatted wing. And the wing over, on the other hand, is is your your tool to maneuver around in three-dimensional space um, on the limit, basically to max out your maneuverability uh, with each glider, and uh, and you know I I am so upset every time I see one of those thousands of crash videos on YouTube because because the 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 reason why people crash and get hurt is because they don't have a minimum skill of glider control which when they get into some kind of a a stressful situation then then of course then they they tend to well block or or just do the wrong thing and by not being able to to uh to perform a full stall like it was the uh, the most natural thing mm. you know yeah like <clears throat> so obviously how how do you expect them to source sort out certain situations without that knowledge there is i can tell you there is no way and sometimes if they would stall they would get into even bigger trouble than what they are already in True. so yeah i think so, it's uh, i i uh, think it's um, terrifying that you know maybe you know, if the, most people wouldn't even do this, but maybe they'll do an SIV a year. And maybe if they get the weather and everything goes right, they might get three or four stalls the last day of the SIV. Yeah, exactly. And that might be the last exactly. time they'll ever do it, you know? And exactly. I mean, yeah. I, in the 2015 yeah. X Alps, I had to full stall three times one day coming out of the, out of the Matterhorn in, in a horrific oh. amount of wind. And, and like yeah. you said, if it's something you're really comfortable with, it's just not, it's a non-event. 
it's just yeah. nothing. You lose 10 meters and yeah. you keep flying. Exactly, exactly. And and this should be, you know, the standard maneuver for all pilots. And then we would have basically, uh, we would not have like probably 90% of the accidents with more ground handling and more full stores. It would be like the safety statistics would be like turning upside down. That's great. I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, for those of you listening, we'll, we will have show notes when this goes live and, uh, and we'll have links to everything Pal's talking about. And, and maybe it sounds like your project's not quite ready for release, but when it is, uh, make sure we, we, uh, we blow that up and put it everywhere. Thanks for, for doing that. Yeah. Um, go, go yeah ahead. Just, <laughs> I, I, I recently just had to fire the third guy I've been working with this project. So, <laughs> I and, and two of them, and and the last two guys were were editors. Basically, I already I I already pre-cut all the four hours of footage, and every so basically somebody just need to go over, uh, correct the sound, you know, the colors, and do some animations, and basically just create a final product. I don't have time to, and I'm not you know skilled enough to trust. Uh, my skills to <laughs> okay well cool well this is a call out you <laughs> be careful dude you're gonna get a lot of emails because <laughs> of what you just said but yeah i'm sure they'll yeah, be but now it's it's already on the way it's oh, uh, i don't have time for for more good bullshit. good well cool well, I, I can't wait for that okay well hey i i, I want to be mindful <laughs> of your time but the but before What's you up? go um why the big gap between 2009 and 2017? Obviously, you had the accidents in 2012, <laughs> but you know, kind of fill, fill me in on that. What was the experience of the 2009 X Alps, um, and then uh, you know, wh- why why come back to it? Thanks for asking. <laughs> so, well, I didn't come back in 2011 because after 2009, I told myself never again. <laughs> really. But, um, yeah, because, well, it was, uh, obviously it was, uh, I, the, the coin has both sides. I mean, obviously it's, it's one of the most beautiful and, and, and challenging and exciting, but as well dangerous event, you know, ever organized in, in paragliding. And, um, well, back then there was no, um, resting time. So it was. It was basically a night pass every night, <laughs> which is now, which is uh, today, <laughs> most participants could probably not even imagine how, you know, it went down because, you know, now, like, the athletes are thinking about the night pass as some um, radical, mysterious, you know, <laughs> like the crazy stuff. And, and, and some of them, they don't even want to pull the night pass unless you know like super necessary because it was it was really really different style and it made it even more radical and uh, but luckily they they made this new rule because well and even with this new rule that you have to to stop so long every night but after a few days you just just whenever you know the air is calm and maybe you have a slow climb or maybe you have to be patient you you just start falling asleep so it's still super exhausting and uh yeah then came the accident and 
I I don't know. It it was a combination of of many things. Uh, probably most importantly that I kind of felt this need and and motivation to to prove myself that you know it's still possible. Like I'm still able to. I, I'm you know I'm even after all this I'm not crippled and kind of to celebrate that in a way and and but kind of also test especially my knee because it's that uh, i have my knee and also my ankle that, that that was broken so but i i was really motivated to to just train hard and get fit again and 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 test myself and my body to see if if uh, i could do it again and 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 i'm happy yeah it's it's an it's an amazing journey, isn't it? Well, did you have it? Did you kind of have it in mind? Um, you know, because you know, it seemed to, to me, and again, this this might be really wrong, but the, it seemed to me that in the last kind of three years, you were really chasing it uh, in cross country. You know, you've done a lot of, you've been doing more World Cups, you've been doing more comps. Um, you know, was it something? Uh, was it something kind of that clicked like back in 2015 or 14? Like, hey, maybe I'll give this another shot. I'm getting healthy again. I'm feeling good. Or, or was it really kind of a last minute decision? No, no, not at all. You know, I, I really felt motivated to do more competitions and everything, but just, you know, before um, before 2011, before I stopped uh, the acro career, it was just really impossible. Then the big click or, well, the moment, uh, the, the big change came uh, when, I, when, I, when I came to Ozone in 2014. So with Ozone, I, I, I got the tool of flying the best gliders and and that really pushed me to to compete more but still unfortunately i i could not by far compete as much as i i wish to because uh the last few years most of the world cups were always at the same time or or at least a few days where were hitting one of the air races or some other event or they would be just way too far and way too expensive and and uh, and it didn't work out but i will really really I'm, i i still feel the same and i still want to do way more and i'm really like i'm sitting on needles to hmm. to do more than that more of that but um the moment still needs to come hmm. and uh, hopefully it will come soon so the 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 2017 race, um, you know, you, you you crushed it even regardless of the uh, 48 hour penalty, which must have been just brutal, uh, sitting there in Italy and and seeing people making uh, progress and stuff. But what what was you share with me your kind of highest moment and your lowest moment of the race? Well, the lowest moment, if I may start with that, was obviously uh, realizing the. Um, the airspace violation, uh, which I wasn't quite sure about uh, until uh, the next day, and and it upset me like it, it upset me really bad because I was I was doing great, you know I felt really strong like physically and and I was flying really well, and um, and it upset me especially because of my team because of you know there were four people behind me working their ass off and 
and and doing a great job and then basically me doing this this stupid little mistake that um the kind of you know destroys everything in a way mm. and 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 i felt really i mean not only sorry for myself but 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 more for them and um oof, that was that was a really hard moment but then uh when when i figured that 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 i i got the penalty and and you know the shit hit the fan and then fuck i i i started to feel like really emotional and and then I was on the way up in a whatever thousand four hundred meter climb uh, somewhere in South Tyrol before Meran, and uh, and uh, the first spot I I had some coverage. I called my team and, and you know they put me on the speaker and then I told them, hey, you know sorry guys it's this sucks but you know I don't want you to to break down. I don't want you to feel uh bad about it i'm sorry for the mistake but you know we're gonna just get get the the best out of it still and 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 um and uh well we we are racing we are in a different race now but anyway we we're gonna keep racing and uh and that was cool then <clears throat> then i had a uh a pretty strong moment i had to cry for some time and uh, on the top on the same mountain there was uh there were like three or four more athletes and um and i was super pissed i i i took off way too early and i almost bombed out and at the end i did not but uh it was great and the positive or the the highlights for me i think I can honestly say that I think I think I I never in my life flew that well as 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 during those hmm. those 10 11 days because I mean even considering that you know I was really tired and and you know it's you're not in the same mindset as if you yeah, sure. wait for the wait for the, the the one of the best days of the year and then you go super motivated to the takeoff and fresh and you know all just you know you put everything on on that day and and go full obviously you are likely to make better decisions and stuff but considering all the conditions um i mean the physical and mental load and uh and the whole x-ups thing uh i i have to say I can only I can only mention like one single mistake. I know I I did a mistake. I could have done better. I could have flown a little bit more, but but that's it. Like it's one mistake. Hmm. I can really I and and it's it's awesome. I mean I I, I feel so crazy happy about it because because I mean sometimes the conditions were really tricky. Sometimes it was. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> standard. Yeah. Except. 
Yeah, like like day three when when you flew over my head and I, you know, it, it was oh. such, it was such a non-event. You know, it was like we, we Nick and I got oh, shaded man. out going in there, and and then you came in and and uh, you know I I bombed and that happens in paragliding, whatever, and and uh, you know, but then on the way back up, I tried to take a shortcut and I lost my phone, and it was it just you know it was an hour delay oh, that fuck. turned into not getting to tree. You know, I launched later on with all you guys going the other way, and it just yeah, I think I saw you. Amazing. I think I. So you launching below us? Yeah, really cross, really dicey down there. Oh yeah, oh no, so I was like, and, oh and, no. Yeah, it was too. I I flew just across the valley and then another little hop, and you just you couldn't get in. Then it was so south and so so nasty that it was just you just miss your window. And then, like you say, you have to. Uh, that was my really low moment that night. You know, just going, oh, what what have I done? I went from third to last almost. You know, and uh, and. But it was at the same time, it's like you, you just have to shift your mind, isn't it? Like, okay, I'm not this, I'm not going to place now. It's that it's a different kind uh, of race yeah. now. And it's, then from then, once I, once exactly. I was over that hump, it was beautiful the whole way, you know, it's like, wow, this is, you just have to appreciate uh, yeah. it for what it is, you know? Exactly. And, and, and this is how I came to, to the race. I knew there's going to be suffering. I knew there's going to be danger and all that stuff, but but I also knew from 2009 that it's it's something really special and beautiful, and and you just have to see the beauty in it and and try to, you know, put the suffering aside or at least like be able to to uh, to make fun out of it in a way, mm. like you know, mm. to be laughing about the suffering and yeah. <laughs> it's it's really difficult sometimes. But, but I mean, you have to figure something out because otherwise it's going to be terrible. <laughs> it's a long way to go. <laughs> so, uh, the, the ultimate question, will you do it again? Uh, no, no, I, I don't think so. Really? I mean, no. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I know, I, I, I know I, I said the same in 2009 and then I came back eight years later, but, um, the thing is, and that's different now that, uh, you know, what I learned from two exams that is, is the preparation, the amount of time and effort and energy you, you put into it is, uh, is not balanced by the, the result, by the outcome in any way. Hmm. Like, you know, it's just basically even, even though when I registered, for 2017 i promised myself okay well i you know you you probably gonna qualify it's not like <laughs> i register and i see if i get qualified or not i knew exactly if i register i will like most probably be qualified again so i just promised myself okay i will do this again but i will not put so much effort into it because i have shit lots of other things to take care of and you know a lot a lot of other things happening in my life which are in a way more important and my health is as well more important than anything else <clears throat> in terms of like competition and result and fame and whatever so do and you, still do you, do you look back still, at that um Sorry to interrupt. I just do you do you think in some ways that that helped? In like having 
having the distractions, having, you know, not taking it maybe as seriously as for example, I did. Uh, but you know, like I, 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 I've thought about that a lot. Like clearly, you know, Kriegel takes it probably more seriously than anybody. And he trains really, really hard. And obviously he's, he's amazing and he wins, but I, I wonder in your case, like you, you, you maybe coming in so relaxed and, and not really having, um, you know, uh, expectations or pressure, maybe that allowed you to fly. Cause I, I fly differently in the X Alps. I start worrying about course line and I, 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 I make my mistakes are because I'm not as loose, you know, as when I fly mm-hmm. normally, you know, I'm more tight. I'm more, yeah. I'm more like, I know the move I need to make, but Oh God, if I don't, if, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be 10 miles yeah. farther walk. And so I don't do it, you know? And yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think there's something in what you say. So basically not having such a big expectations, I think certainly helps not to feel so much under pressure and maybe be able to make clearer decisions or better decisions and, and not to be so strict to yourself. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a super competitive person and, and, uh, and then I, with this, I return to my, my original thoughts that even though I promised myself not to invest so much effort into this, but I did <laughs> and I could not help it. I basically like my la- the last few months before, or let's say for sure the last two months, like completely, but completely the Ixas took over my life and and uh, in terms of preparation, in terms of training, in terms of uh, preparing basically everything. And, and, and luckily, I, I, I was lucky enough to, to get some last minute support and, 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 and find the right people to, to help this journey, uh, which was again kind of, you know, although I, I didn't really want it to, put effort into looking for sponsors and put effort into making this professionally and put so much effort into, you know, looking at the route and, and, and spending fucking hours studying the route and, 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 and looking at tracks and then, and then even, you know, drive down to, to Italy and, and drive down to places and look at, at certain things. But I did, not so much really flying the route. There was still like a lot and a lot of, of, of virgin territory for me, a lot, but, but, um, it turned out quite well. And, uh, uh, but that's what I mean. So even though if I promise myself, no, I will, you know, focus on, uh, on the, on the more important things in my life. I, I can't, uh, now I proved myself hmm. that I just can't. You tick the box. Uh, take it, take, I can't take it easy i can't take it that lose because that's not that's not who i am that's not how i yeah. work yeah it's a it's a it's a major commitment absolutely it's it's it's, it's a, a major it's, commitment to your life yeah you have you you at least have one <laughs> one fan on the other end of here that it's that'll be disappointed not to see you in the race because man you were fun to watch that was uh 
awesome effort and uh yeah you'll never know time does funny things but um speaking of time i you you've given me way more than uh your way more than what i could have possibly asked for so thank you so much i really appreciate it uh that's a perfect place to end and uh i can't wait to see this this film uh that when you put that out uh, we'll have to show that to everybody that that sounds terrific uh good luck with that project good luck with columbia uh and your girlfriend that sounds like another amazing project we didn't even get to talk about that very cool it's 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 an awesome project fantastic long term (laughs) (laughs) but she's not pregnant just to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Whoa, surprise! Yeah, right, right. We have a we have a diff, we have a different kind of baby. Yeah, right, right. But let's keep that let's keep it private for now. Okay, cool. So, wait a minute. Oh, you do have a baby? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought you were talking about your land, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, what? She's pregnant?" Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. The, the land, the land is the the baby, the the project. Okay, the, okay, that's that's what I thought. And then I thought, "Wait a minute, am I totally misunderstanding here? You got a baby coming? No, cool." Well, uh, yeah, I can't can't wait to show you mine. She's a, she's a little angel, but pal, thank you oh, very yeah. much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we should we should uh, we should do some nice volby flying. You should show me. The BV style. I never actually did any serious Bobby work. Oh man, you'd love it. Yeah, that would be a that'd be an amazing project together. I think with uh, you know with your background and my background, I bet we could put together something pretty fun. Yeah, we just have to find the time for that. That's the most yeah, of all. Like bingo. Yeah, exactly. Bingo. <laughs> That's always the crux. <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye, right, man. Talk to you soon. Talk soon. Bye, bye. Right, cheers. Bye. If you find the cloud-based mayhem valuable, you can support it in a lot of different ways. You can give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, however you get your podcast. That goes a long ways and helps spread the word. You can blog about it on your own website or share it on social media. You can talk about it on the way up to launch with your pilot friends. I know a lot of interesting conversations have happened that way. And of course, you can support us financially. This show does take a lot of time, a lot of editing lot of storage and music and all kinds of behind the scenes cost so if you can support us financially all we've ever asked for is a buck a show and you can do that through a one-time donation through paypal or you can set up a subscription service that charges you for each show that comes out we put a new show out every two weeks so for example if you did a buck a show and every two weeks it'd be about 25 dollars a year so way cheaper than a magazine subscription and it makes all of this possible. Uh, I do not want to fund this show with advertising or sponsors. We get asked about that uh, pretty frequently, but for a whole bunch of different reasons, which I've said many times on the show, I don't want to do that. I don't like having that stuff at the front of the show. And I also want you to know that these are authentic conversations with real people, and these are just our opinions, but our opinions are not being skewed by sponsors or advertising dollars. I think that's a pretty toxic business model. So I hope you dig that. you can support us. If you go to cloudbasedmayhem.com, you can find the places to support. You can do it through patreon.com forward slash cloudbasedmayhem. If you want a recurring subscription, you can also do that directly through the website. Uh, we've tried to make it really easy, and that will give you access to all the bonus material, little video casts that we do and extra little uh, nuggets that we find in conversations that don't make it into the main show, but we feel like you should hear 
we don't put any of that behind a paywall. If you can't afford to support us, then just let me know and I'll set you up with an account, of course, that'll be lifetime. And hopefully you're being in a position someday to be able to support us. But you'll find all that on the website. Uh, All of you who have supported us or even joined our newsletter or bought Cloud-Based Mayhem merchandise, t-shirts or hats or anything, you should be all set up. You should have an account and you should be able to access all that bonus material now. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support and we'll see you on the next show. Thank you. I'm not sure what you want to do.